and welcome back to the I'm Moving to Italy podcast. This is Nathan Heinrich, and I would like to welcome you back to Season 2, Episode 10. Well, my friends, it has been one week since I have been back here in Italy, and it has been quite an eventful week, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. The most exciting and uh, one of the most, I should say, interesting and, and exciting things that happened this week was the fact that I went to Treviso, which is the capital of the province that we are living in here. Last Tuesday, Alessandro and I got up very early for our appointment that was scheduled at a very, very specific time of 10.57 in the morning. I assume that was just because the scheduling the automatic scheduling department uh, or the computer system sent us that that kind of arbitrary time. But anyway, so we had to be there for my appointment with the state police because I had to get the prints from my palms and my fingerprints on all my fingers. And that that's kind of a long process, longer than I thought it was. We had to deliver loads and loads of paperwork tax returns, proof of income that I've made, and everything translated from English uh, into Italian and have that notarized and, and just a lot, just stacks and stacks of paperwork. I really didn't have to do very much. Alessandro handled most of it. I just kind of turned over my my tax information to him and then he got it translated and notarized. And then, you know, we took all of that with us. And so Treviso only takes about like maybe 15 minutes. And so we left here around 9.30. We got there a little before 10 and parked the car and had no problems. We were feeling very, very early, very prepared. We had all the passport little pictures that we needed. I had four of those with us and all of our paperwork. And we just felt very calm and collected and like, I just felt like, wow, this is just going to be, it's going to be an easy day. So we get there and we're in this complex of all these really, really kind of imposing and tall government buildings. And the building we had to go to was building A. And so there were all these brick buildings that were very tall and they kind of created this big center courtyard. It was all very official. Anyway, we got to the place where we were supposed to be. There was already a line that had sort of gathered a group of people. And it was clearly people from all over the world. You know, people from Africa, people from India, Pakistan, the Middle East, just people from all over the place, Turkey, Russia. It was just a very, very international group of people. So there we were standing there and sort of just patiently waiting for our appointment time to arrive. You know, we were at least 45 minutes early. And so I noticed that a lot of the people were asking questions. There there were official people coming out to answer questions and talk. and, And I said, you know, I told Alessandro, maybe we should just ask them, if, you know, if there's any place that we should go because we have an appointment. Should we be waiting inside instead of outside? And Alessandro's very, very polite and very respectful. And he doesn't like to, unlike me, who is a kind of a natural born rule breaker, he is a rule follower. And um, so anyway, he was being his rule following 
very respectful self. And I was like, ask, ask somebody, you know, ask somebody, you know, if, if I could speak to them and, and, and ask them in coherent Italian, I would, but since I can't, can you just ask them, you know, what, what do we need to be doing? Are we in the right place? So finally he gave in and he's like, he decided he would ask someone if we, if we were where we were supposed to be. So he asked this uh, woman and she said, Yes, you're in the right place and everything's fine. No, you, you're, you should be waiting right here. Do you have that receipt from the payment that you were supposed to make? Something new that they had required for these appointments. And Alessandra's like, no, I, I didn't hear about this. And she's like, well, as of August 1st, you need to pay this additional fee. Besides paying that, you know, you need to bring that receipt with you to this appointment. And she's like, if you don't have it, then you're going to need to go to a post office. Now, a post office, I think I may have shared with you all before, post offices here in Italy are very interesting places. They're like hard to describe because they're like a bank and a post office and a business transactional place and a government place and a place where you can pay your utilities and a place where place where you go to get like phone service. It's like it's very it's very unusual. Anyway, there's just a lot that you can do at a post office in Italy. It's actually quite convenient in many ways, but it's just a different approach. Anyway, so we were still early. It was still about 20 minutes before our appointment. And so we decided, okay, well, no big deal. We'll just, you know, there's always a post office everywhere, everywhere. Like there's, because it's such a common place that so many people use, it was, we figured that, you know, it should be easy to find a post office. Um, there, there's one on like every corner, it seems like. So we asked a couple people, um, you know, where, where should you go for a post office? And, and people were pointing and gesturing and telling Alessandra where to go. And I couldn't really understand exactly what they were saying because they were a lot of the people that were the people that were telling us where to go were some of these people that were standing outside waiting and they were from different countries and they were speaking Italian, but they were speaking it with such a, a strong accent that I couldn't understand what they were saying. So anyway, they explained to Alessandro where he should go and off we go uh, on foot to try to find this post office. And we walked 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 up one street, down another. We stopped and asked several different people. And then we ended up not finding it, a post office. I mean, we walked for probably 30 minutes and we're both, you know, getting stressed. We're both getting, uh, because we know that we are now past our appointment time. We've been waiting for this appointment for like, I think like nine months, maybe. And, you know, this has been an appointment that's been on the books for that all that time. And so we're both starting to get stressed. We're both kind of starting to be a little snippy at each other. And my feet are hurting because I wore these shoes that are were not really for walking. They're more shoes for, you know, being at an appointment where I wanted to be, you know, well-dressed. So that these leather shoes that are so bad that if I walk very far in them, I get blisters. Anyway, so we just we're frustrated. Then we find ourselves back at this big complex, the government complex where the building was, where our appointment was supposed to be taking place. And 
we asked a police officer that was there and she sent us yet again in another direction that was the wrong direction and we did find a little post office where she sent us but it was not the kind of post office that does <laughs> just our luck the one post office we needed to go to wasn't the right kind anyway then we had to basically go get in our car and drive into the city and find post office. So there was one that was not so far away, but because of the way the roads wrapped around the city and the and the waterways and the canals in the city, we had it took us probably about another 15 minutes just to get there. And then it Alessandro encountered a line. I'm waiting in the car. He's inside. And then there's a line he has to wait for another 15 minutes or so. Anyway, he finally gets this 40 euro thing paid. I mean, if we had known we'd had an email or someone had notified us that we there was a new requirement then we would have been prepared because it would have been very easy we would have just gone to our local post office paid it and brought the receipt with us anyway so we're kind of both irritated we're tired we haven't had breakfast we haven't had coffee we're we're just we're just kind of on edge now our very calm day that we had anticipated it was no longer a calm day it's now afternoon it's about 12.30 in the afternoon, and we go back, park the car, wait in line with this receipt, speak to the woman again, and she says, okay, great, um, you know, just wait a few minutes, and then, uh, you know, she gave us a number. Uh, now that we were no longer uh, there in time for our appointment, we had to have a number, and we're waiting in line with all these other people who didn't have appointments. So we're frustrated and we finally get let inside and they kind of let us in realizing, okay, well, they're just here for delivering their documents and getting, you know, fingerprints. You know, we had kind of what I think would be considered a fairly straightforward and fairly easy case. There were a lot of people there who are petitioning and trying really hard to get citizenship or residency and they're they've been trying for many many years and and I as I looked around I certainly felt like this the silly little issue that we had the inconvenience of have not having the correct receipt with us and you know and and that kind of you know frustrates you and we want especially Americans I feel like we we like things to be super efficient. We like things to, you know, just go so smoothly and we don't, we're not really well adjusted, I guess, or at least I'm not maybe to, to things being so complicated. And as I looked around, I realized in, in, in my impatience, I felt kind of a bit ashamed for how I was feeling because I was looking at the faces of some of these, of these people who were waiting there and I, and you could tell that there was a bit of desperation. They were trying so hard to plead their cases to these government agents and, and these state police officers who are responsible for handling these cases. It just made me feel a, a bit embarrassed, to be honest, and a bit ashamed of, of my impatience and my, my feelings that things weren't going so smoothly for me because the reality is I do have it very, very easy. All I had to do was prove a few things, you know, we, you know, prove our marriage, prove some income, and that's it. I think relative to what some of these other folks from some of these other places I had to deal with from what we were able to decipher listening to some of these conversations, I have nothing to be 
impatient about. I, I have everything to be grateful for and nothing to feel, you know, irritated or, or bent out of shape over. So anyway, I, that was a bit of a, that was a bit of a moment where I was just like, Nathan, you know, you need to really, you need to really rein it in here, mister. You know, you've, you're really getting one of the very easiest forms of Italian citizenship that can possibly be gotten. It's about the second easiest way other than being born in Italy. It's about the easiest thing you can possibly do to marry an Italian and get your citizenship that way. So anyway, after we came back, so the the offices, of course, closed for lunch around one o'clock. So we had to come back at 2.30 for our, they said, you know, come back at 2.30 and we'll finish everything up. So so we came back at 2.30. They went over all our paperwork. They asked some questions. There was a, there was a moment there kind of where we were not really sure the the younger girl who was processing our paperwork she had to call her supervisor over and then the supervisor asked us some more questions and and for a second there they were thinking wait a minute alessandro you're not a resident of italy but your spouse is trying to become a resident of italy see alessandro is a resident of the united states and he has had to go through all the processes of becoming a resident of the United States before he can become a citizen. So he'll be able to become a citizen at the end of this year, and he's needed to kind of prove that he's been there. So we had to explain a lot of different sort of the details and particulars of our case. But once we finally did, they they said, okay, that sounds fine. You're, you're an Italian citizen, even though you're a resident of the United States. Your spouse is becoming a resident here, and you're going to, in the future, become a resident again of Italy. So they they understood, and anyway, everything got processed. I went alone into the back room and had my fingerprints done. So that was interesting. It was a very interesting process. You know, they had to get your fingers and your palms sort of damp and then put it on this flat surface and the machine is super sensitive and the man told me that the machine was old and it, it was a very sensitive machine so it took multiple attempts to try to very you know i basically handed my hand over to him both my hands one at a time and he he just kind of it was almost like my hands were getting um, a treatment done to them because I just kind of was like, it was like I was not involved in the process. My hands were being uh, wetted down with this piece of this cloth and then, you know, placed by with his hands. He was placing my hands, sort of rolling each finger into place and my palm into place. And the machine would either buzz with a positive sounding buzz or it would buzz with the sound that we had not done it correctly and then he would sort of get exasperated and start over again it was it was interesting but anyway finally we got done and i i left with a receipt and so now we can go online and check to see where the process of my application is and and if it's been approved and once it's approved and we we have a number that of the approval and then they're going to send out the card then I'll be able to get my fiscal code because we're really ready to buy a house here i mean we've been shopping for houses we've been you know kind of figuring out where do we want to live and we've been looking at properties and we've been just kind of waiting for my fiscal code because that's really the last thing that i need to be able to purchase a property so 
we we kind of realize that it might not be we might not have that fiscal code as, as soon as we wanted it as soon as we expected it and therefore might not be able to buy a house because i can't even put a deposit down on a property until i have my fiscal code so anyway that is where we are but uh so we left anyway we left probably I think we left those offices at almost four o'clock in the afternoon. It ended up taking the entire day. We were both tired, hungry, thirsty, and frustrated, and kind of just irritated and feeling a little, I don't know, we were relieved that it that it went as well as it did, but we were also kind of a little bit disappointed at, at some of the the things that we learned about the delays and some of the things that we thought we would hap- that would happen, but it didn't happen as fast. But I kind of observed that, you know, we, here we were, we hadn't been together for three weeks. You know, I'd been in California for those three weeks. He'd been here working on stuff with his family and we'd been apart and he'd been able to be his own independent self. And I, of course, was working on stuff. And then here we are coming back together and we have to like work together on something. You know, there's a little tiny adjustment period when you haven't been with your partner or your spouse for a period of time, you kind of have to readjust. And so it felt like we were doing some of those readjustments that day of this appointment. And so it was, it was, it was interesting. I had to apologize for my my impatience and my attitude that sometimes really irritates me when certain sides of my personality come out. And it's usually just because, you know, you're tired or you're hungry or you're stressed. But still, there's no excuse for getting irritated about things that really are not that important. So anyway, we kind of apologized to each other and anyway, went out and had dinner and and the day ended well and we were we were happy that it was that was behind us and we're ready for the next chapter so speaking of purchasing property and a physical code um one thing that was really interesting that happened this week that i'm i'm excited to share with you and i'm going to back up a little bit to tell you kind of this little story so here in Conneano, the city where Alessandro's family, everyone in his family except for his sister, lives in in either in this city or very nearby the city. And so we just kind of have decided that even if we don't end up spending a lot of the year here in the city, it would be wise for us to own a property here because this is just where the family is and and we're always going to be here, you know, and so why not have at least a property, an investment property at the very least here and something hopefully that would be ideally walking distance to the train station and walking distance to the downtown. The train station is downtown. So if we could find a place that we could sort of lock and leave and have it be uh, a vacation rental that we could rent out while we weren't here, you know, cause maybe we'll only be here for two, you know, two months a year, maybe, maybe less, who knows? So we've been kind of looking at property here in, in the area for the last few years. I probably have been searching more than Alessandro has, but 
about two years ago, I discovered a house here, and I've always referred to it as the pink house because it kind of has a the plaster on the exterior of the house kind of has it's a pinkish orange coral kind of color and it's located right on the main canal of the city now canals in italy are different than the canals i grew up with in california the canals i grew up with are strictly for irrigation purposes the canals here are more like a river that kind of runs through the city that has been bridged over and it has beautiful buildings that run along it. And it's a little more similar to like the canals that you would think of in like Venice, which is so nearby. Anyway, the canals are lovely. They have fresh, clear water running through them that is coming from the Italian Alps and the water is cold and it's crystal clear and there's lots of ducks that like to make homes and egrets and waterfowl. There's lots of uh, sort of wildlife that makes its home nearby. And it's really kind of a lovely thing to have in a city to have a body of water that's moving through the city. So one day, about two years ago when we were here visiting, I was out for a walk along the canal, and there's this one stretch of the canal that has a sort of a boardwalk walking along the canal. It's it's like a wooden, I don't know, I don't know what the correct term is. It's a, it's a walkway for, for people, and you can ride your bike on it, but it's mainly for people to walk on. And it's just in between these two bridges, and it's a very small section of the canal, but it's a really lovely section of the canal and there's all these geraniums that are growing in these pots. And so they've kind of beautified this section of the canal. So I'm out one day for a walk along this canal on this particular section on this boardwalk and I'm walking along and I notice this house across the canal and it's pink and I recognized it. And it happened to be one of the houses that I had seen online that was a house I was interested in looking at. And it was an older house. It clearly needed some work. Uh, this terracotta roof had kind of a little bit of a, a little bit of a, right in one of the center points, in one, one of the stretches of roof, there was a part where you could see that the roof was sagging a little bit. And I knew that the price was a fairly reasonable price, but I was curious about the property. And so... I mentioned it to Alessandro and I took him by, I showed him the listing online. And then I, you know, when we were out for a walk one day, I showed it to him. But at that point, we were not thinking about buying a piece of property in the area. We'd just been kind of casually looking. So anyway, this house has been sitting on the market for quite some time and I've just been aware of it, but we never got around to going to look at the house or to seeing if it was, you know, available to you know, to walk through. I tried to get close to the house. And what I discovered was the house is so on one side of the house, there's the canal, but on either side of the house, there are buildings and other properties. And so it's clear that the house had like a garden because I could see trees growing. So there's, there's a piece of land there with, with some vegetation growing, but there's another tall building right in front of it. And to get to this little house, this little pink house, 
that's a two-story house. It was clear that you had to go through these gates. There were two sets of gates that you had to go through to get into this property. Anyway, so when we moved here last year, I wanted to go and look at this house. So now we've been in lockdown for quite some time. When we got here, we were in lockdown and then, you know, the lockdown started to lift a bit. And so in the spring, when the lockdowns begin to loosen, I asked Alessandro if he'd like to go look at the house. He said, yes, I'll call the agency that's got that house and we'll go and take a look at it. When he called the agency, they said, I'm sorry, but that house has been sold to the county. They are going to either sell it to a private party or turn it into office buildings. And my heart kind of sank when I learned that because I had been really looking forward to at least walking through that property and just seeing what what it was, what it represented. You know, is there anything, you know, is it interesting enough? You know, I, it certainly needs work, probably quite a bit of work, but I just wanted to know. And so when I heard that, um, this was probably like in March, maybe, that we learned that that house had been sold to the county. And I said, you know, is there a way to find out, you know, who it went to? Of course, as soon as something's not available, then you really want it. Even though it's been sitting on the market for years, then the second that we try to go look at it, we find out it's not available. So I kind of, I was kind of bummed about that. So I kind of put it out of my mind, sort of. In a way, I thought to myself, well, I'm not giving up on it completely because there was no renovations being done to the house. I mean, I would go walk past that house almost every single day and I would look at it and I would take photos and videos and I'd watch the ducks and I would just sit there and kind of imagine what I would do to the property from the side of the property that I could see. And I couldn't see that much. I could see the whole, you know, I think it's the east facing wall. It faces towards the sunrise and it gets really wonderful morning sun and it gets a little bit shaded in the late afternoon and evening, but the view in the evening uh, over the water, and there's even a view, there's a balcony and a terrace, and there's a view you can even see toward the mountains from the terrace. It's just a very unique property. So I would go walk past that and just think to myself, mm, well, maybe no, no one's doing any work to it, so... So maybe someday, maybe we'll have another chance or maybe it just wasn't meant to be. I didn't think about it that much, but I didn't 100% give up on it. I just kind of, I, it was hard to forget because I would walk past it so often. Anyway, so last week when I got back to Italy, Alessandro said, I have some interesting news for you. That pink house that you've had your eye on for all these years is now back on the market. And I was like, what? And he's like, yep, it's back on the market. And they want this price for it. And if you'd like to go look at it this week, we can go look at it. So I said, yes, let's go look at it. So last Wednesday, we had an appointment to go look at the pink house. I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you've watched a piece of property or you've driven past a piece of property for years and years and you just imagined it and you've just been so curious to look inside and and you know more than anything want to know is this a possibility or do I need to forget this forever kind of like that's what I really wanted to do more than anything find out is this something that 
that could work, that could be good, or is this just an absolute no? Is it too mu- too far gone, too much of a ruin that it's not worth it? I just wanted to know. So here we are. You know, we we go on Wednesday morning to meet the, the agent around 10 o'clock, and she's this very, very young very enthusiastic Italian girl with this short, cute haircut and kind of bleach blonde and this kind of leather little skirted outfit with these cute boots. I mean, Italians, Italian girls and Italian, Italian people, it's no joke. They dress well. And this girl, this agent certainly had her Italian fashion sense going on. Anyway, so we we meet her, we walk across the street. It was not very far from the agency to this to the pink house. The the agent ran inside and she asked the woman inside to hit the automatic button to open the gate. The gate opened and we walked through that first gate and then we got to the second gate and she had to open that and that was the private gate into the property that it's not a shared gate with anyone. It is just a gate to that property. And as we walked up to that gate, the full effect of this building that I had been looking at for years and only seeing one side of the property right on the water, but not seeing the other side of the property, except, you know, just some of the really poor quality photos on the listing online. But to be able to see it in person, I, it was such a... It was such a moment. It was such an exciting moment because I had imagined what it would look like in there, but it looked different. And my landscape architecture brain and my designer brain immediately started working and the gears started grinding and turning and 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 I started imagining possibilities and what could be done to the exterior, what could be done to the garden, and possibilities just started sprouting up in my mind. And then we went inside, and it's like a six-bedroom house, and it's a two-story, and the terrace is gorgeous. It's on the second floor. The garden is totally dilapidated and run down and ruined but that that like excited me because i could see all of the potential and anyway i videoed it i videoed the entire walkthrough of that property and i want to share that with you in the instagram video for this week so i have that for you so that'll be something kind of fun to share with you I don't know how much. I'll, I'm not going to share the, the entire thing. I'll just share a couple clips of it. But you'll get the idea of what of what it was that we saw. And I'll show you the the other side of the property that I've been looking at this whole time too. So anyway, uh, we walked through, and the price was actually they're they're asking online the listing. It has one price listed. But the agency told us a different price. And the price they told us was quite a bit less, actually, than the price that we than we saw on the online listing. It listing. And the house felt solid and secure. Alessandra and I agreed the house felt very secure and solid structurally. At least that's how it felt. 
And apparently there's been an architect that has done a lot of work on this house, drawing up plans and, and trying to figure out, you know, what could be done to this house. And so we are currently reaching out to that architect to find out, since someone's already paid them for these plans, would they be willing to talk to us? And, you know, we're not trying to get something for free from them, but would we be able to pay them something to look at or just sit down and look at the plans that they have for the house and see if it's something that we'd be interested in in paying them for or continuing to work with them on and um anyway it was so super super exciting it was it was a it was such a great experience to walk through that house and again once i got an inside my brain started imagining possibilities and what could be done in each room and you know, French doors and little miniature balconies at each room and, and little, you know, what would, what could be done to the kitchen and the bathroom and all these things. And it was exciting. Um, Alessandro thinks that even though it's priced at the price that it is, that we could get it for even less than what the agency is asking, because it would require such a major renovation. I mean, we're talking electrical, plumbing, roof, exterior, plaster work, garden. I mean, that's just what we can see. Who knows what more has been. Apparently, the house has not been renovated since the 1940s. Uh, I don't know when the last time someone lived in the house. It looks like someone has not lived in that house for probably maybe close to like 15 years, something like that, maybe longer. Anyway, and it was a second home for someone. It was like a kind of a vacation house for them, I guess. So anyway, yeah, that was interesting. There's another property that I'm going to share with you. I'm running out of time to share it with you in this episode. So I'll share that property with you in the next episode. There's a whole nother interesting property situation I want to discuss with you. But the pink house has me very excited. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Time will only time will tell as we do some research and figure out, you know, is this something that we really want to invest in? Do we really want to spend some time? I've been really looking forward to doing a fun project and I can see the value in this property. I can see what a rare property it is in the city. This is a city with that's very old and very built up and most of the houses in the city are sort of side to side with no gardens. There are some homes with gardens But in the downtown metropolitan area, the old part of the city that's walking distance to everything, that's right on the canal, that's got the train station that you could walk to in about three minutes, like all of that, this house is unique. And I try not to get excited about things, but I have a really hard time not getting excited about things because... That's just how I am. I get excited about potential and possibilities. And anyway, so that's that's something that, that has been happening this week. And I just wanted to share that with you. So that's that's um, that's kind of the updates, and that's pretty much the end of this this episode, except for our you know our last segment. So anyway, okay, so 
the Italian proverb I chose for this week I felt was kind of fitting considering some of the things that have been happening this week that I'll be sharing more of with you in the next episode. But anyway, the Italian proverb for this week is Chiusa una porta, si apre una portone. Chiusa una porta, si apre una portone. And that means when one door closes, a bigger, grander one opens. I'm hoping that that is true in this case. It seems like it's often the case in life. We'll see what happens. So the don't you love it when for this segment is don't you love it when you're out for a walk and one of your favorite flowers is blooming and it's blooming so profusely and it's so fragrant that it reminds you of so many other things that you've experienced and places that you've been in your life and you didn't even know that that plant grew here where you live now but you smell it and it reminds you of something and and experiences you had many many years before anyway there is a plant that is blooming at this time of the year in the united states and here in italy and the plant is called osmanthus fragrance And there's one particular variety that has orange, the the tiniest little blossoms. And there's one variety that is ultra, ultra fragrant. It has like an apricot smell. Some people call this sweet olive in different places. Uh, Anyway, it's just Osmanthus fragrance. I have decided I am going to create a separate page on the I'm Moving to Italy website that is specifically for plants and botanicals. I am going to, I realize I'm going to be mentioning plants and botanicals and trees and shrubs and flowers. I'm going to be mentioning them a lot. Vegetables, all of these things. I'm going to be mentioning them so much on this podcast because it's something that I love. I'm going to go back and and make sure that I include every plant and the episode where I referenced it. And I'm going to put those plants on a page I'm probably going to call the botanical page of the website. I'm going to put that up this week. So anyway, keep your eye out for that new page on the website this week, the botanicals page, because anyway, I walked past that that blooming osmanthus in full bloom and it smelled so good. I wish I could transport that smell to you. Anyway, if you ever have an opportunity to smell this particular plant, I hope you do. You might have already smelled it and already know this plant, but you just don't know it by name. That's very common if you're not sort of a plant aficionado or a plant enthusiast or a horticulturist, a botanist like me. You know, you might not be, you know, quite well versed in in plant names, and that's totally normal and, and fine, but it's something I wanted to share with you. So anyway, sweet olive in the United States, or Osmanthus Fragrance, and go check out the Botanicals page on the website this week. Okay, so that brings us finally to our surrounding sounds for this week's episode, and one of the surrounding sounds is, of course, the sounds of walking through the pink house. So I'm going to share a few clips from that. The other one is the sound of Alessandro's grandmother, his Nona, peeling some potatoes and preparing a dish. She creates uh, one of the most wonderful potato 
She makes one of the most wonderful chicken and potato dishes. It's the simplest dish in the world, but it is so extraordinarily flavorful. And I wanted her to show us how to make this so that I could make it here and I could make it for any of you that I that ever I have a chance to meet and we ever have a meal together at, at my house, I would love to be able to share this with you. So I wanted to learn how to be able to make this recipe, this chicken and potato recipe that's so simple. So one of these sounds is us at Nona's house and she's peeling the potatoes and cutting the chicken and showing us how to do this. And she hasn't made this dish for probably a few years because she doesn't really cook anymore, but it was really special to do this and and she really enjoyed it and it tasted delicious. Alessandra's mom and Nona and him and I all enjoyed this wonderful meal together. And another sound that I have is the sound of when I was out for a walk, I walked past this group of women and they were all standing together and they were doing like these synchronized clapping. It was almost like a class, like about clapping. I, I don't know if they were doing a choreographed something for an event or if this was like just a some sort of a, I don't know what they were doing, but I kind of covertly pretended to be looking at a tree and examining the leaves on a tree. <laughs> Well, I captured the sound in this video, so I'll, so I'm going to include the sound of that in in this episode, but also I'll put a little clip of that up on the Instagram video for this week. So be sure to watch the Instagram video for this week and you'll be able to see all these things from these sounds. And anyway, here are those sounds. Sorry for that long wind up, but here are those sounds and I'll be back afterwards to say goodbye. Ciao, come stai? 
eh, è un immobile molto d'epoca, antico come immobile, sicuramente bisogna ristrutturarlo un po' tutto. Dove è? E si trova lungo il Montitano, quindi lungo il fiume. È molto panoramico perché dalla terrata sopra si vede direttamente il fiume. Okay, perfetto. I hope you enjoyed those sounds from this week's episode here in Italy. And be sure to check out the website. I'm moving to Italy.com. You can find the new page that I'm going to be putting up this week about botanicals. You can also check out the Nathan's Favorite Things page. Some of my favorite things that I've shared in episodes, I'd love to have you check those things out. I get some sort of a little benefit from Amazon, I guess, when you buy things from using those links on the site, but it's nothing major. You don't have to use them. It's not doesn't cost anything extra. It's not anything major. I just want to share those items with you. Thank you again so much for coming back and sharing this week with me. I'm looking forward to continuing to share the process of residency, citizenship, buying a house, shopping for property, all of the exciting things that are coming along. So come back here next week for further information and another update about Italian property shopping and hunting and walking through properties. And in the meantime, wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice this week, I hope you are healthy and well, and I look forward to being back here with you next week. So until then, take care. God bless. Ciao, ciao, ciao.